Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. If we went into a race and I had a brand new Maserati or Ferrari and you had a soapbox car, it doesn't matter how good a mindset you have. I'm going to win even on a bad day for me. So skills is very important. And for me, at that point, it was all about social skills. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. On this episode, I talk with Patrick Powers, a serial entrepreneur from Denmark, copywriter and founder of VIPDiners.com. We talk about the importance of social skills, marketing, copywriting, and being committed. Patrick started and failed at 14 businesses before finally landing on a successful one. Check out my conversation with Patrick Powers. All right, Patrick. Can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Nice, nice. First of all, Patrick, thank you so much for taking the time out all the way from Denmark, right? Yeah. To absolutely. talk with us. I certainly do appreciate your time. I know that you're a busy business owner, entrepreneur. So there's at least a thousand things that are on your plate right now. So for you to take the time out to talk with us is especially appreciated. You're welcome. It's exciting to be here and share some stuff. The very next thing I like to do, Patrick, is to ask you to tell us about yourself. Now, when I say that, feel free to go all the way back to day number one, or you can start more current day. (laughs) Tell us about yourself. I'll do a little bit in the middle. So I'm born in Denmark, had big dreams, and I don't know really where I got them from because my parents were not entrepreneurial, really, and started my first business at 21. It was completely delusional that I could even have the thought of being successful in business at that point because... I was exceptionally shy. I was literally afraid of people. One of the reasons for that is that we grew up in a very rural area outside of Copenhagen. It was not even a village. There was like a cluster of three or four four houses. So I never really learned any social skills with other kids. And then when I got into school, suddenly I was aware of that, hey, apparently I'm really, really fat, right? And you know, I never even noticed that, that I was different, but suddenly I became aware that I was very, very overweight. And then I got bullied, especially when you start getting into puberty. I got bullied a lot, literally beaten. And it was quite horrible. So I learned to not like people. But at a certain point, I think it was around 17, 18, I found some books in sports psychology. And I got the idea in my mind that, hey, this is not who I have to be for the rest of my life. 
I can actually transform myself. I can learn to become more confident. I can learn to overcome my fear of people. But still in my early 20s, I was still really, really scared of people and really shy. So obviously, it's a huge handicap to have when you're building a business. And I went bankrupt within a year. So that's kind of the quick story of how it all started. I was just massively unhappy being in a job. I hated getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning, doing the same thing over and over again. So after the first bankruptcy, I decided, okay, well, that didn't work, but I'm not quitting. I have to figure out what went wrong. So I kept on learning and learning and learning and learning. And after about 14, 15 attempts in 2003, well, at the end of 2002, I had a major, major, major dark, dark, dark moment in my life. And if you want to, we can come into that. But basically, that made me decide, this is it. I have to succeed now. I have to get out of this life that I mean, I just, you're either going to see me on the top or you're going to see me dead on the mountainside. There is no in between. That's literally how I felt. And incredibly enough, after 14 years of struggle, I became an overnight sensation in a network marketing company called Manatech. I became the biggest distributor in Europe, built a team of four and a half thousand people in a year, 10,000 people in two years. And I actually became kind of retired after the first year and became really, really lazy. So that was kind of the, the beginning of the story. Wow. I don't even know where to start. So I'm going to pause on all of the other questions and take a slight left turn. What's your favorite thing to do, Patrick? Oh my God. That's one of my problems. I have so many favorite things to do. <laughs> but I love spending time in nature. I love music, love spending time with people. And I love solving problems. Do you play chess? Are you a chess player? I don't. I've always wanted to learn, but I don't. Okay. I can tell you if chess player walks past a chess board where there's other players playing, it's impossible for a chess player not to stop and think about what would I do in this move, right? And that's exactly how I have it with businesses. When I see somebody else's business, I'm immediately like, oh, what would I change with the marketing? What's wrong with the marketing message? How would I change this headline? So I love solving business problems. Got it. So now I'm going to pepper you with all types of questions. Okay. I'm curious that you hit on a couple of key concepts in your answer. And I do want to talk about the dark moment and not because I want you to relive it or anything like that, but I think it's important to note, you said a couple of things. You said that your first business failed within a year. And Mm -hmm. after 14 or 15 attempts, you finally figured it out after this dark moment. You came to this realization that there is no in-between. You had a job, you hated it, you didn't feel fulfilled. So all of these are common themes that I know that people that are listening to this are going through and have gone through. So talk about that dark moment. Talk about all of those attempts, things that you've learned. What were the things or the lessons? What were the skills that you developed over those 14 attempts? And how did you have the mental physical fortitude to keep going. Yeah, I'll take the last one first because people ask me that all the time. Well, how did you have the tenacity or just the belief to keep on going? And I, in some ways, I don't really know. I think it's simply that I was so fed up with what I was doing that for me, there was just no other choice. I just like, I had to. It was just a drive. Like, like this life has to be about more, right? So I kept on developing, kept on pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And what happened is with my dark moment was basically, I was so unhappy with my life in general. And then my girlfriend broke up with me. And it was a time where I actually proposed to her two, three weeks before. And she said, yes. So like, we were just super happy. And then we had like a small, f- and she said, this is it. Okay. And I was completely devastated and still living with her because I couldn't afford moving where else. It was her apartment. After a relatively short time, she started dating somebody else. 
So imagine I'm living now with my ex-girlfriend. She's dating someone else. And it was just absolutely horrible, Elsie. So that was the thing. I said, okay, this is it. I'm drawing the line in the sand. No more excuses. No more, I'm not good enough. No more, I'm too uncomfortable. That was it. I became truly committed to do whatever it took, whether I was comfortable or not. It was not like I suddenly became more confident because I was still quite shy and I still had lots of self-doubt. There was just no other choice. I just couldn't. I, I couldn't not do it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Now, talk about some of the skills you mentioned in there, the things that you've learned from iterations. I'm so fascinated about the 14 or 15 attempts. What were those skills? What things did you learn and develop and grow into over that period of time that allowed you to have that overnight success? Yeah, great question. And by the way, I want to stress that lots of success trainers out there said mindset is everything. And it is very, very important, but it's not everything. In fact, if we went into a race and I had a brand new Maserati or Ferrari and you had a soapbox car, it doesn't matter how good a mindset you have. I'm going to win even on a bad day for me. Right? So skills is very important. And for me, at that point, it was all about social skills. I had very, very low social skills when I started. And I worked on my social skills. I made a decision. I wanted to make myself somebody. I wanted to make myself a business in network marketing. And obviously in network marketing, social skills is the main thing. So how to approach people, how to make them interested, how to make presentations as well. So my presentation skills and my social skills, those were the two main things. Got it. Now, talk a little bit about your success, because I think it's important to... We've heard about the story, right? The struggle and the triumph. Tell us a little bit more about the successful business that you have now sold, as I understand, correct? Yeah. So I built a team of 10,000 distributors and customers in a uh, supplement company called Manatech, which is out of Dallas, Texas. And it was just an amazing time because I had plenty of money and lots of time. It was basically residual income, most of it. I became very lazy as well. I started to travel the world, lived in, in Spain. I lived in Caribbean, in Dominican Republic, in St. Lucia. Traveled the U.S., as we talked about before the show here. I visited 36 states and territories in the U.S. Loved it over there. And it was just amazing times. I had like almost complete freedom. And maybe a couple of times a week, I went on a teleseminar. That was back before the time of webinars, right? So there was a teleseminar back then or a couple of phone calls a week. And that was more or less it just to maintain and, and fire up the team. Pretty sweet life. And I can't just believe that I sold that. That was pretty stupid. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you up to these days now? So you sold that business and what's motivating you these days? So as I said, I love solving business problems and I particularly love seeing somebody make breakthroughs and go from struggling and being unhappy and then suddenly making this breakthrough, especially if they break through fear, because that was one of my biggest themes in my life that I had to fight with fear, fear of people, enormous self-doubt. To see someone that suddenly the light switches on and the business just goes. And it's just like, for me, that is, it's like ice cream for my brain. I just love it. Right. So that really, really inspires me. And obviously my own freedom having the freedom to travel the world and live where I want and whatever. And I lived in eight or nine different countries now. I can't remember, but uh, it's, it's around that. Australia, Kenya, Denmark, obviously, England, Caribbean, a couple of places, Canada. Got it. Now, one thing that I've, is on my bucket list is to travel to Africa. So what was that like living in Kenya? It's a very beautiful country, but it was a pretty horrible experience. And that's another horrible experience of mine where it was actually... Not too long. So I was 25, not too long after my first bankruptcy. 
So what happened is I met this Danish guy who basically invited me to come to Kenya and do business with him. And it was a time in my life where I was really looking for adventure and said, well, let's, yeah, sure, let's do it. And he turned out to be major, major scamster. Like he, he took all my money and basically oh, no. ran away. Oh, and, no. and I was left there with no money and very few connections. So that was the first time I lost a lot of weight. But it was not because I wanted it. It was simply because I didn't eat, right? I literally starved, which sounds crazy, right? For somebody who grew up in the West. And like, I literally starved. So yes, yeah, so it was a pretty horrible experience, but it's a beautiful, beautiful country. Wow. So talk a little bit about one of, I'm sure you've had many, of the transformational moments in your life. I call it a butterfly moment. The moment when you went from being in a cocoon to being a beautiful butterfly. Okay. Well, the first dark moment where I drew the line in the sand, where I said, okay, I'm committed now. So, so important. It was like turning on a switch where I've been struggling and then I said, okay, now I'm just ready. And I'll tell you, it was just the weirdest thing. It felt almost like there were forces that was helping me because whoever I got in front, they resonated with my message. They wanted to join me. And I think that was literally one of the most important lessons and transformational moments I had in my life is that moment where I became truly committed. Another one is when we started Entrepreneurs in London, which is the meetup group I have now, the second biggest meetup group in the world, business meetup group, sorry, with 27,000 members. And I met amazing, amazing people there, among other couple from Australia who invited me to come over there and help them build meetups. So that was an incredible experience for me to go to Australia and just for six months lived in Brisbane. I always wanted to go to Australia and it was just an amazing, amazing time. I would say another transformational moment was actually last year where, so in my network, we're entrepreneurs of any kind, like literally from pre-startup, we have had 16-year-old kids coming in and say, well, I want to become an entrepreneur one day and all the way to very, very successful entrepreneurs, among other billionaire actually. And last year I decided I'm just not completely happy about running these events because we're too many people there. I'm an introvert. Okay, so for me, I need deep relationships. So I decided to start a smaller network of the most successful people in my network called the VIP dinners. And we started running events with some exceptionally successful people, way more successful than me. And I'll tell you, that was one of the best things I've ever done to hang around these people. I mean, I truly, truly experienced what people talk about, that you become the five people you hang around the most. It was one of the best things I've ever done for my personal development and for my confidence in myself. And to start to hang around with multi-multi-millionaires and one billionaire and have them be part of your network and the insights and the encouragement you get from these people say, hey, you're doing fantastic work. And to get encouragement from people like that, that has been truly transformational for me. Got it. So if you had to take a couple of minutes to teach us something, to educate us, what would that be? What would you teach us in this moment? All right. If I only have a couple of minutes, first of all, you must learn copywriting. Like if you want to succeed, you have to understand how to string words together to influence, persuade people. There is no way you can become successful without it. It doesn't matter if you're a leader of a movement, a church, government, or in business, you must understand how to put words together to influence people. That's obviously a huge subject, but I'm going to teach you one thing though. You can teach it very quickly and it has a huge impact on your influence on other people. So typically when people meet each other for the first time, they ask questions which are called transactional questions. Transactional questions are defined as questions that you don't have to think about answering. So for example, if I ask you, Elsie, so how was your day? What would you say? Good so far. 
Yeah, great. How much do you have to think about that? Not much. Nothing, right? And even if you had a bad day, most people just say, yeah, good. Oh, it's fine, mm-hmm. right? Now, what if I asked you instead, so hey, Elsie, what is the best part of your day so far? Oh, that's a very different question. Actually, to be honest, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you, it's, it's talking to you now. Okay, right. Well, you're also early in the day in your time zone, so, <laughs> so <laughs> you haven't experienced that many things yet. So asking transformational questions. So what happens, the way that we relate to people, and we have to get people to trust us, and we have to build a bond for us to be able to influence them. The deeper that bond goes, the easier it is to influence people. And we just naturally, like when we're friends, we naturally influence people. For that to happen, we have to be more transparent and bold and reveal more of ourselves, and get the other person to do the same thing, right? So the deeper you can go with questions and get them to reveal something more real about themselves, the more they will trust you. It's really, really, I mean, honestly, it's completely transformational, right? So you can't ask two deep questions to begin with because that would scare people away, right? You can't say, what was the worst experience from your childhood, right? (laughs) It's going to throw people, right? It's going to be too personal right away. But there was a guy called Art Aaron who coupled strangers with each other and had them ask 36 questions of each other, each taking time to ask and to answer. And within those 45 minutes that it took approximately, did a survey of people afterwards. 30% of the people said that they felt closer to that person, which they never met than they felt to their current intimate partner, Mm. 30% of them within 45 minutes. So you can gradually and relatively quickly increase the depth of the question you're asking. You also, in turn, have to be vulnerable enough to reveal something deep about yourself. And when you do that back and forth, you build relationships really, really quickly. So I had this a few months ago, I started to get into a relationship with a guy in my network, and we were just getting to know each other about a business and whatever. And so I called him on a Monday and most people here, they ask, oh, so how was your weekend? And he say, oh, it was fine. And I asked this guy, so what was the best part of your weekend? And so he went silent and probably stuff about three seconds. And then he said, oh, that's X-rated, right? And then we both laughed. It was a real moment that we shared, right? It was more real and just, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, it was fine, blah, 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 get into business. So... This is what I call transformational questions that gets you to go deeper and think deeper. And in that process, you connect and bond. Wow. That is superb. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Here's- I love teaching it because it really is. I mean, even ask your girlfriend, your boyfriend when they come home from work. So, hey, hey, dear, what was the best part of your day? Instead of just asking, what was your day like? Right. Ask questions that just goes deeper. I mean, this is just like the surface thing of transformational questions, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very, very cool. So I don't know if you've heard this saying, but they say that time flies when you're having fun. That applies to our conversation, which has come to its end. But I don't want to let you go without giving people your contact information. If they want to reach out, learn more about what you do or to just say hi, how can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So Facebook and LinkedIn, just search for Patrick M. Powers, M like in Mary. And yeah, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Patrick M. Powers. Also, my website, patrickempowers.com, where they can go and get a free sample of my new book called The New Marketing Manifesto. Three chapters, and honestly, one of them is really, really explosive. It will teach you how to completely stand out from the competition, even if you're completely the same. Mm, Sounds like a good read. 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> also, I have very soon I have a free training for the first 100 people come out called the Elevator Pitch Sandwich, which is how to make an elevator pitch, but to sandwich the elevator pitch in between something that makes it way, way, way more effective. So grab a, a free sample of my book. You'll hear about the Elevator Pitch Sandwich. Awesome. Thank you so much, Patrick. You're welcome. It was awesome to be here. Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing to the email list and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget field conversations with the most inspirational business owners. Reach out at podcast at enterprisenow.net with any feedback or questions for me or any of my guests. Thanks again, folks, and we'll talk with you guys next time. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.